which is chaos. 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 I lost. I don't have my mouse. I have a laptop, and I have one of those. I uh, I don't like the little pads. You know, they have on the laptops. Yeah. The little like yay big. I yeah. I don't like this. For the listener, he just physically over Zoom called. <laughs> represented what a mouse pad looked like with his two hands and I yeah I nodded along but yeah, yeah. I, but yeah. I like a separate mouse I don't it's hard to navigate on the thing uh, the P is broken on my the P on my keyboard popped off so that's broken okay that would yeah. be a problem for me because you know P- Peter first name Peter uh, I would need the, yeah need that um if on social media i talk about the odd cast with eater that's why what about on your phone you can do, do you have it on your or do you post from your computer onto the either i mean either way i'm just saying you text that guy text that guy we lost so we have a crock pot yep like we have one and it still works but the lid just disappeared hmm okay yeah, and it's just been gone. So I'm going to make cook. a list here for you. because You've been busy lately. I'm going to just make a list for you. We're missing the key P. Yep. Uh, Crockpot lid gone. Just disappeared. Just the lid. So when That's I make a confusing stuff. one. Um, yeah. We think the kid got a hold of it and put it somewhere. And we're either going to find it when we move... Or it somehow worked its way into the recycling. Where could he have put it? I know, right? It's That's been a, a while. It's been a and we've used the crock pot. You know what I find works? You take a cookie sheet and just put it over, and it keeps the heat in. Okay. I have to remember the cookie sheet will also get hot and touch it with gloves. Don't just touch the. I touched a uh, cast iron skillet last week. Uh, the oven was off, but I forgot once things heat up. They yeah. retain that heat for a little while. They, yeah, Sir Isaac Newton discovered that. And I grabbed it to move it, and then I quickly dropped it and said, oh, gosh darn it. Yeah, I, yeah. um, well, I don't know what I said. My wife goes, that, that was hot. I go, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're kidding. You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, that was my bad. That was my bad. Um, so oh, we wow. have... Missing Pete, crockpot lid, could be anywhere. Do you think he could have used it as a shield of some sort? Like he's he's becoming a superhero. Possibly, maybe. A secret shield? Secret shield that he keeps in the backyard. <laughs> could be buried in the backyard, I suppose. Could, could be buried, could be buried. Okay, what else? Well, and here's, this is the bad one, Peter. Okay. Not, I don't know how to break this to you. This is also the kid's fault. So the mug you got me? Yeah. Last summer. <laughs> oh, no. Handle broke. Oh, I'm the still hand- I'm not getting, but the handle. I got Matt uh, as a uh, wedding party gift last summer when I got married a coffee mug that said Corvidal U.S. Senate. Yeah. And he just showed me that the handle broke off on that. Yeah. Kids fault. <laughs> It's a cool mug. I really like the mug. It's very thoughtful. I was in the wedding party. He, he he threw it. He didn't like it. He doesn't like the coffee mug. He dropped it. Okay. I mean... He, he likes to drink his uh, chocolate milk out of big boy cups. And, and just like, yeah. 
Yeah. It's the only one he's broken so far. <gasps> the only so one. Yeah. The only one that broke was the Gorva. Oh. So far. So far, yeah. Heartbreaking for the the uh, you know the campaign, so to speak. Well, he didn't he didn't win anyway. Oh well. It's back in '82. Alternate history. Alternate history. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just. Uh, but I'm glad the mug still. The mug didn't shatter. The mug, I almost so. feel like we should grind down the mug because right now it has two little prongs. Should we grind down yeah. the mug? Can we do that? I don't, I don't think we get it fixed. Of doing that. Oh, the handles. Yeah. Because that seems like you, that could hurt you. Hurt me? No, yeah. I can handle. It. I don't know if you can handle it. I'm drinking out of a nut. It's cool. Anyway, sorry. It's just chaos. Getting sick. But Get we're sick. You're we're right. we're zooming along. You're zooming along. I wanted to show up and do this tonight, despite everything that's going on. Because we didn't we didn't do an episode last week. You were kind enough to give me uh, leave. Yes. EPO yes. is absent without pay, but I still didn't. I tried. I, no, I took I took that to HR. Don't you worry. I got HR. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so it's chaos. We're drinking two mugs. Mugs are broken. Keys are missing. Crockpot lids are going. But it's November, Matt. It's the time of year when my hands start to crack and I start to bleed. And I have band-aids on my hand. I have a band-aid. Because you wash your hands all the time? Wash my hands. I'm working in the I'm working in the warehouse. It's just the air is dry. It's the time of year where it's you, know, you turn on heaters. It's just, I don't like it. I think I have a, yeah, I have a hand. My hand's cracking very easily. I don't know why. Lotion? Is that what you, I drink a lot of water. What do I need to do? Okay. Actually, on your so, plate, but can, you, can you guide me through this? It's interesting you brought this up because when I first moved out here from Kansas, this is back in 08, 09, I had the same, like my hands would crack so much. Like they kind of turned, like, like my knuckles looked like a weird grayish. It was. That has happened to me in the past, yes. And I asked somebody I worked with, and she said, what you do, you get latex gloves, like nurses wear, or like long socks. And before you go to bed, you just slather lotion all over your hands, and then put that on there, and you sleep with them overnight. And it worked. And I don't do that, but but for like a couple weeks, I did that. And it actually, it's like the moisture, it soaks it all up. So it's a good tr- maybe once, or once it's hard to it's hard to fix once it goes bad. I don't know if any listeners are this is a, a common issue, but once it starts to happen, it's very hard to correct. And my I do have the latex gloves. Or socks. Do it. Do it. Put a bunch of lotion on there. Huh. And do it overnight. It really did help. We're solving some problems. We're solving some issues. We're talking about our issues. Well, people like to come to us with uh, moisturizing tips, you know, just little. I also feel like and this is just a huge tangent. There's too many options in the uh, the lotion. Like, there's the there's the lotions I see that are almost like this is this is purely this doesn't smell. This is just purely for getting your hands the hardworking hand man hands or whatever. And you're like, what what is this? And then then there's the other ones where you're like. It's pretty popular. A lot of people buy this. I don't know. I use my wife's lotion sometimes. I see lotions where it's just like I don't know what exactly the the the, the ploy is for me to buy. So I, I'm kind of lost in the lotion game. I'll, I will say that. I'll be honest with you. I like a nice lavender. A lavender, lavender. Just embrace. It. I think the unscented 
I like lavender. It's lovely smell. Yeah. Embrace that. Don't get the unscented geared to your traditional. You know, you know the lotion, the hand creams I'm talking about. It's almost geared towards. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Lotion. Yeah, yeah. Lotion's key. Sense. Lotion's key. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something too. This is just this is tangent tangent corner to start off this episode. Yeah. I I know this is not the thing you're supposed to do. Okay, and people listening will probably, you know, send us messages. Peter, you're ruining your hair. Uh, this is not what you should be doing. I shampoo my hair every time I wash my hair. So every morning I shampoo. You're not supposed to do that. I've heard that many a time. Yeah, they say that. They say that. Um, so I'm trying this week. And I've done it, I want to say three times. Just wetting the hair. And then... No shampoo? No shampoo. You do every other... Every, okay. Yeah. I haven't really noticed a difference. I, I think it looked a little bit better one day. And I thought, huh, they're true. And I know it washes out all the oils, dries your hair out, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But I just feel if it just gets wet and then dry, it's going to smell bad. In my head, that's what's going to happen. But yeah. anyway, well, I think we don't, every we don't have to uh, dwell on that. So well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got some thought. Well, because there's other <clears throat> that's relatively tame I thought you were going to go I get into some weird little uh, niches niches, niches on Twitter okay. like esoteric uh, holistic healthcare type stuff on Twitter I follow a bunch of those people there's a school of thought that's like you know you do coconut oil and raw egg yolk okay. instead of I mean so you can get a lot weirder I can go deeper okay skipping a day so let me yeah you want the egg yolk recipe? I'll get it for you. I don't like egg yolk. You don't have to. You don't eat it. You put it in. You rub it in. Let's your go head. farther down the rabbit hole. Did you tell me when you worked in the warehouse and you would have these super long shifts, you would drink coffee and egg yolk? I put egg yolk in my coffee. I still do. You still do that? My parents were up here. What does uh, that do? Well, you gotta let me finish. Right. My parents were up here. And yeah, I put egg yolk in my coffee in front of my dad. And he's just like staring at me with his mouth open. Like, what did what did you just do? I'm like, well, oh yeah, this isn't normal. I'm so used to it. <laughs> but I just got the eggs out, and he's like, "What are you?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is a uh, good stuff. It gives you energy." What is it? Do you when you don't it do it every all- time? Do you do it every time? If I need energy in the morning, not every time. What does it do? Gives you energy. Uh, I, my theory is the yolk. So it's got to be good quality eggs too, like factory farm stuff from Walmart. The theory is all like don't go with the cheap brands, but the, the pasture raised whatever. The yolk apparently draws everything that's in the egg. So if there's a lot of pesticides and stuff, that goes to the yolk. But in your good quality eggs, all the healthy fats and nutrients go to the yolk. And so you crack it, and then you drink the yolk, and you get like a rush because they call the yolk nutrients. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I got one other thing. Since it's been two weeks since we really like sat down, you know, spilled the beans. That's not really what we do. Um, I'm gonna recommend. If you're trying to get somebody in, into this podcast, don't have them start with this episode. I'll just say that right now. Um, one night in the last week, I was thinking about uh, cage-free chickens. And when you're talking about eggs, it's, yeah. and then I thought, are there any other cage-free animals that you can 
And what I came down, because I saw this video where pigs were released into a field and they ran around and they were jumping. They were so happy. They were like in a normal field, right? Yeah. So then I, I went down a rabbit hole of cage-free pigs, pork. It's a little bit harder to find. It's a little bit harder free to find. Free range, yeah. And you can get it free range. That's the correct term. Um, in our state, but it's it's you almost have to buy it wholesale, and it's a little bit pricey. Yeah, you know a farmer and you buy a ship. Yeah, and they ship it to you. So I, I got down that and I got thirty percent to buying it, and then I thought, what am I doing? I'm just happy it exists, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. Th- so from egg yolk, good quality. Egg yolk coffee, we go free range pork. Any thoughts on free range pork, man? Before we actually, it brought to mind uh, <clears throat> something I've read. I read about uh, pigs. Yeah. Kind of interesting. So the the fact that they're you know they get the label as sloppy and unclean, mm-hmm. they do act like that when they're in close quarter environment, like a domestic environment, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you spread them out and give them bunch of room they'll kind of divide up and have clean living spaces and all their living like they'll naturally separate into their own separate little families have their own spaces and they're actually very clean and i think this is from a christopher hitchens essay if i'm remembering it right and he was kind of making the point that like they're kind of exactly like humans because you know humans are kind of like that give us enough space be fine but cramped close quartered like big cities tend to be kind of dirty and whatnot so we're kind of similar. And he was talking about like the taboo of eating pigs and like cannibals say it's the closest animal to humans. Hmm. But he was kind of trying to, I think he was trying to make the point that like our t- taboos and the, the, so the big religions that forbid you to eat pork kind of, th- he thought like that kind of stems from the fact that they're really similar to us. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. Interesting thing about pigs and pigs, they're not all, they're not all filthy filthy in certain circumstances you want to feel better look at it google a uh, youtube a video of pigs being released into like a field they're 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 as happy as a pig in slop you know they're smart too very smart yeah you want to get depressed google if like a where pigs are put in like yeah just go agriculture and they're yeah. look at the sad little eyes yeah that's it that's really depressing um Cover a lot of topics here in this intro, Matt. Music's still playing. Can't hear it right now, but we'll, I'll add that in post. Um, we want to end on pigs and start the episode. You got anything else? Let's do pigs. I could probably come up with something. All right, let's do pigs. And on that note, welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and pigs. I almost said pigs first. I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt. Just like riding a bike, get back in the old podcast game after a little. I should say we took a week off. I the plan was we were going to do Burr Part Two last week, mm-hmm. but my wife went into labor. We ended up having a kid, and they don't let you. I asked, they don't let you do podcasts from the <laughs> I brought my microphone and everything. Yeah. They're like, "What are you doing?" It's like I got to do, but they wouldn't let me. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and it wasn't it, and. I, I wasn't able to finish. I didn't do any. I brought two books. I brought Burr and Flashman with me, but I uh, no, I I didn't read. I, 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 I was not. Once I heard that the you know the the 
labor process started, I did not text Matt and be like, hey, are we we're recording this week, right? I did not do that. I did not hold them to I said, let me let me let me roam my uh, TBR. I, when we come back to the podcast is when we'll come back to the podcast and we'll talk about pigs and missing crockpot lids and putting egg yolk in coffee. And that's what we're known for. Um, the randomness. I want to tell you something, Matt. Go. But first of all, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Stopped by the house the other day. Good. good looks like a lot's going on, but you guys haven't. Yeah. yeah. I can't complain about my life when I'm like, ah, I burnt my hand on the cast iron skillet. But um, that could be, I mean, if I had a family, that could be like a kid. And I'd be like, oh, got to take it to the hospital. Anyway, where was I going? Oh, got a little surprise for you. Yeah. You know I'm not audiobook mm. purveyor. All right. Not yet. Not yet. Um, I'm starting to dabble. I'm starting to oh. dabble. Okay. Go on. Um, apparently, Spotify, I know Spotify is evil. Let's get that out of the way. Well, they're also a very good host for this podcast, too. True. That's actually, yeah. Spotify <laughs> to me. But you know what I mean? Spotify what? gets labeled all these different things. They don't pay their... Their pay scheme is unfriendly to the yeah, artists, yeah, yeah. apparently. Apparently like, now, I can listen to audiobooks up to, I believe, 15 hours a month. Okay. Okay. So, I've been dabbling, okay? Okay. And I started off with Devil in the White City. And I know you were talking about guy gotta find a like a good narrator, right? That's key. And I have a question for you. Sure. Is there a way to search the narrator, just the narrator, and I just pick the books based on the narrator? I know you you could try. Okay, I've tried. It didn't work. Didn't work. Okay. I I typed in Will Patton. Oh yeah, man. Isn't that the guy's name that you like a lot? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm I, I'm doing this at work and it's I think it's it's going well so far. Uh, um, I think so. Yeah. And I, I'm kinda a, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know if you ever have this issue with like let's say Netflix and you'll just browse the Netflix selections for like thirty minutes and not select I'm not watching anything. anything. I had that problem a little bit at the beginning. I was like, well, I could listen to that. But then once I commit to this, I have to commit to it because I don't have like unlimited whatever. So I'm about an hour. I want to say about an hour into the devil in the white city, um, which is a book I've been meaning to read for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think I could see myself maybe once a month getting into um a book some of the longer ones are like there was a napoleon biography that i thought was interesting that's 32 hours the andrew weir one um yeah robert yeah robert Robert. yeah 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 um because i know there's a new napoleon movie coming out that kind of looks i wanted to it's funny you mentioned that peter file it back your mind for later okay good um so yeah i thought I would share you some, you know, uh, good Matt related updates in my life about, Hey, I might become an audio listener of books. Well, keep going. Keep going. If you want, Will Will Patton does James Lee Burke. 
Okay, James Lee. Welcome the new James Lee Burke. So that'd be a good a good place to start with James Lee Burke too. Okay. Uh, PG Woodhouse is fantastic on audio. Ooh. The guy. <clears throat> there's multiple good British narrators who do it, but the I think the most famous guy is Jonathan Cecil. Jonathan Cecil. He does a, he does all the. Do the you know you know how that like Woodhouse's cadence he does perfect Jeeves and Bertie Wooster and all that stuff. It's I perfect. like that. I was that, I was the, debating nonfiction versus fiction. What can I work? And it's not. I, for some reason, I feel like I'm drawn to nonfiction for audio. I'm not sure yet. That's not a set in stone experiment, thing. and no. it kind of depends sometimes the narrative kind of sucks you in and I find I don't space out because that is the danger of audio. I'll like get to thinking about something and I'll zoom out, but non good, like devil in the white city is a good nonfiction narrative. Kind of like has to throw aspects. He's serial killer. Um, World's fair, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I was thinking about, I, I think I researched this once the world's fair. I wish they still sort of had it as a pictures. Those old built like they threw up like styrofoam buildings. It's like a huge undertaking. I mean, architects were buying for the, and it's just, uh, it's probably a waste of money, right? But I mean, I don't know if you balance it with the tourism. Everybody in the world comes to San. But I mean, even like the Olympics are a waste of money, right? And that's so much. I have an opinion. I think every continent should have like three cities that can host the Olympics and they just rotate through those. Instead of doing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Um, So yeah. Dabble. I've been dabbling in the audio. Okay. Keep me up to date. Uh, Let me know. And I haven't been doing too much outside. I've been trying to focus on our TBR. Uh we're going to add to our TBR later this episode. Um, yeah. So instead of doing Burr part two, we're doing November. Yeah. November. Um, yeah. I'm, I have no problem with that. Uh, HHHH, which is a book our, our friend of the podcast and friend in real life, Sam Ernst, recommended to us. I'm third of the way through, and it is one of my favorite reads in a very long time. So, if Sam, if you're listening to this, bravo. I, it was, it, it's a book I thought I would like, but I'm liking it more than I was sort of expecting. I want I want dive too much in everything about it. Tone, uh, huge history fan. My wife was talking about what I like to read. I guess with some, some people she works with, and she goes, "He likes World War II a lot." And I was like, "Yeah, I do. I guess, yeah." Yeah, <laughs> of that age. Of a yeah, a dude. I've always kind of liked World War II story, like stories and learning about it, about the historical fiction and uh, nonfiction. So uh, I was watching Band of Brothers this week, Matt. Yeah. One of my favorite TV programs. Anyway, so that's where I'm kind of at uh, cool. reading wise. Um, Good. So you, you know what I did instead of reading? This is my last tangent before we get to the thing. Yeah. Made a note to bring this up. Uh, they had AMC had, uh, the oceans 11, 12 and 13 yep. like a marathon. and in the hospital bed, I was just sitting there, nothing really to do. It's a little baby in my arm. And I watched the last half of 11 and oceans 12 
And I remember when Ocean's 12 came out, I didn't really care for it that much. Yeah. I was expecting something different. I didn't appreciate how like meta I thought it was a bit much when they pretend that Julia Roberts character looks like Julia Roberts. It's like, that's too cutesy. I didn't like it. I uh, like it now. It was subtle that watching it with no sound, just the subtitles, just kind of, yeah, dozing out, kind of tired. It's like, oh, this is a this is a funny movie. I, I like those movies quite a bit. Well, I liked Levin. I just remember it had been, I had saw it in the theater and remember being kind of like, eh, not as good. Like that. Yeah. But I, I re, I actually, I think it's a pretty good movie. Pretty solid, pretty funny. Right. Last tangent. I like that. Uh, well, and it's like, I appreciate the metafictional angle of it too. It's a little more tongue in cheek. Um, it's good. Ocean's 12 is probably one of the better works of metafiction of the 21st century so far. All right. Hot take. Hot take. You know, I thought you, I thought you that you'd want to. I, I, I could talk about oceans movies for a while. I haven't seen eight. Uh, no, me neither. Yeah. I want to see that. Maybe I'll watch that this week. I think it's on. I don't know. Um, those are always running on uh, TNT TV, whatever. TBS TNT, one of those movies. So, yeah. I always I always catch about 15 20 minutes here or there. Um good crew. I like a good crew movie where a group of people get together or a heist. A heist crew movie might be one of my favorite genres. Good heist movie. Yeah. You know what I've never read before is a heist crew book. Look, they exist. That could be our next thriller corner. That could be. We're done from 13, we could do a heist. Also 13, 13 is very good too. So, yeah. I'm almost done with that. That'll be fun. We're getting we're we're all over the map here, Matt. We're all over the map. So we're here, the last half of this episode to nominate and select another book for our TBR, and that would be our November book club. Um, I don't know if you remember this. You were mean to me about football. I think. Oh yeah, no, I I have yeah, and I I vowed, um. To just nominate just really serious, um, some might say depressing, you know, maybe from your Europe literature mm-hmm. and just try to try to force those books into our TBR. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not backing down from that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna delay that for one okay. That's okay. Um I actually you know, to celebrate you and your reading tastes with, you know, a new addition to the family. I selected books that I thought you, Matt, would like. Hey. Yeah. I picked out some books that I think you'll like or are, are more. My speed? Maybe your speed. Okay. Well, you mentioned You mentioned like nonfiction in history, possibly, when I saw you the other day. Um, so I kind of went on a little bit of a journey through that genre. We don't do a lot of nonfiction, usually once or twice a year. We'll kind of go in uh, and nominate some nonfiction books. But the, the bigger overall theme is these books I feel like are for you, Matt. Oh, that's so nice. I picked books I thought you might like. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's why I win so much because I know I'm, I'm fairly confident I will win, but you will win too because. These books are for you. Okay. We'll see. Maybe we'll wind up adding two again. Please, let's not. Well, let's just see what happens. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so my going into this, I remembered because I wasn't mean to you about football. I just said I, the Broncos. I know. I just right. got offended. I you were kind of turning turn it around a little bit. Anyway, so I wasn't sure if you were going to do that. So I had a couple. I was going to like my strategy was to lean into that and also do really sad stuff. Mm. Just like reverse the momentum somehow. Okay. So I had some fiction ready to go, but I posted a picture and I was like, "Chime in!" And most people. Uh, on instagram and twitter and stuff and most people like complimented the nonfiction, like yeah, it's nonfiction november and usually the contrarian in me doesn't like that nonfiction november stuff yeah like i don't like i don't like mustache may and you know like that sort of like you know how every day is like fun a, type stuff yeah forced uh, if every day you know it's like oh it's national hot dog day it's national every day is national whatever day yeah. And it's like every day is a thing, then it's no days actually anything. Right. There's too many days. Aristotle. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, but it's like, you know what? No, don't be a wet blanket about nonfiction November. I like it. That's so I went with I got some nonfiction. They're all nonfiction. That's my theme. I'm embracing nonfiction. I love nonfiction, man. I love the, I mean right. so even my fiction selection. Um it's probably nonfiction. Did another Gorbadal? Nah, we'll get into it. Uh, do you want to kick us off, or do you want me? I have four selections. Yeah. Okay, I had, I have five, four here, and one we don't own yet. Okay. Um, but I was gonna. Well, I'll bring them all. Might as well just bring them all. Yeah, up. bring them. Sure, bring them to the table. Bring them to the table. Yeah. I'll I'll start. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with the one I think uh, let's see here actually no I have two fiction and two non-fiction but one of my fiction is borderline non-fiction sorry about that uh, and my other fiction has a lot of historical elements to it but let me start off with the one I don't know if you, you'll like this this is not my strongest nomination but his book a very popular book, um, a history book from a few years ago that was a huge bestseller. This author's written other books that have gone on to become uh, bestsellers in the nonfiction realm. And that is The Boys in the Book by Daniel James Brown uh, about sort of the Washington crew team that defies all odds and wins, I believe, gold in the 1936 um or 36 yeah 36 olympics in uh sort of nazi germany the the 1936 1932 hold on 36 berlin um you've heard of this book have you not no it's the rowing book it it, well it's a history book um about rowing yes um do you want me to read you the uh, synopsis here yeah. Uh, let's see here. It was an unlikely quest from the start with a team composed of the sons of loggers, shipyard workers, and farmers. The University of Washington's eight oar crew team was never expected to defeat the elite teams of the East Coast in Great Britain, and yet they did, going on to shock the world by defeating the German team rowing for Adolf Hitler. Um, I'm surprised you never heard that. Maybe if you saw the cover, you would. Um, but this became a huge number one bestseller. I think it came out, paperback came out in 2014. So I would imagine the hardcover is 2013. Wait, boys in the Boat? 
The Boys in the Boat. Yeah, I've heard of that. Okay. Um, it's sort of the 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 blurb kind of ties it to Unbroken. Um, this author, what was his latest book? Daniel James Brown. He had another one about. Hold on, I'm googling this as we speak. Why is it not pulling up? It's pulling me up. Under a flaming sky, which was the great Hinkley firestorm. That's not the one I'm thinking of. Facing the mountain, hmm. I think was his most recent one, I believe. But anyway, this book was a um, a very popular and successful book. That's my first nomination, uh, nonfiction right. book there. Daniel James Brown. Daniel James Brown. You know what? A little uh, publishing tidbit that I happen to know. A lot of times authors with three names, they're not being pretentious. There's just somebody else with your first and last name. And so they add the third to differentiate yourself. Daniel James Brown has to put the James in there because otherwise, because Dan Brown would take it. Could you get away with Daniel Brown though? Maybe, but maybe. But I mean, he might also feel like, yeah, let's just put my middle name in there. Yeah. That was David. If we did, if we weren't, you know, Rubbing shoulders with authors, we would, you know, we'd be like a pretentious three names. Come on. But, um, Matt, your first nomination. You can do two. Good three. You can do Let all. Me show you. This is one kind of like that. I don't know if we'll actually do it, but I was curious. It seems like the type of thing you'd like read on your own. Okay. Your library report thing. And it struck me that same way too. If I saw it at the library, I'd probably check it out, even though I knew. I wouldn't have time. It's just one of those. And you, when you Google the cover, you'll see what I'm talking about. It is called Eurasian Crossroads. Eurasian Crossroads. James Millward. It's a history of, forgive me here, uh, Xinjiang. The Chinese, the, the it, X-I-N-G-J-I-N-G. I don't know how to say that. But uh, the first comprehensive history of Xinjiang, the vast central Eurasian region bordering into India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Mongolia. It's one sixth of uh, China. Xinjiang's the crossroads between China, India, and the Mediterranean, and Russia since the Bronze Age played a pivotal role in the social, political, blah, blah, blah. So basically just a history of that whole region, a hugely important region in world history, but something most i think westerners and americans probably don't know too much about that does seem like a book i would like see on kirkus reviews get a great review and i'm like i should probably add that to my tbr doesn't the cover look cool too yeah nice deep blue like i should become an expert on that's the thing with i love about nonfiction is you just kind of you accidentally like tip over into a a subject that you have no real knowledge of, but you're like, I would love to know more about. Wouldn't that be cool? This area of talk about <clears throat> Pakistan and China's relationship in the 1200 AD. And there's just so many people oh. who live there that it's not. We just think of it as like, oh, there's just no one. Over. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, my next nomination is a book I don't think we'll pick because it's uh, might be 900 pages, but hey. We've done weirder things on this on this podcast. Um, the wife and I have been watching the show. We haven't the second season just came on the Gilded Age. Yeah, and I don't know if this person is technically the Gilded Age, but I think he is. And it is a 
biography. This is a dad biography, um, if there ever was one. And that would be the book called Titan, The Life of John D. Rockefeller by Ron Chernow. Um, very, another very popular, um, history book from, I think this is a little bit older than the other book. Um, yeah, almost, uh, 25 years old, actually 1998. Um, but Rockefeller's a, you obviously hear the name quite a bit, but I don't really know anything more than just some surface level facts about him. Um, and I kind of like always been fascinated by that age in america where a handful of people just became ungodly wealthy yeah him and carnegie and yeah and it's just this kind of fascinating time in america where things are changing um rockefeller lived to i believe 98 years old which is very old man yeah Yeah. um so his life spanned a very long time knew a lot of people um I just thought it would be a, a, an interesting. I, first of all, that sounds like a Matt book, right? You would be interested. Oh yeah, in oh yeah, totally. Uh, I like it's a big old dad bios. Yeah. yeah. So I've never read. Yeah. Uh, Turnout wrote uh, Hamilton, right? I needed Hamilton, and I got uh, sitting on my shelf somewhere his Washington biography. So I just picked Titan. As a, it's totally up my alley. You guess I didn't. I didn't bring this up earlier, but guess what audiobook I'm listening to in my car right now? You'll never guess, but it's, I will never guess. Yeah. Uh, Walter Isaacson's biography of Henry Kissinger. Ooh, Just randomly, I like it. I he's another. He wrote one on. Did he write one on Van Gogh? No, he did Da Vinci. Da Vinci, yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, not the painter. He's another one of he's like chair now. He's one of those guys. Right. I need to read. I, uh, I hear the names and they always get like <laughs> Bob publicity. So um that's my dad biography. Dad bio. Yeah. That could almost be its own segment somewhere if we don't choose it this time. Dad bio corner over on Twitter. Exactly. Or Twitter Patreon. You know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> All right, Matt. Give me two. Give me two nominations here. Well, let's do this. Let's do. Uh, you've seen? The, you saw the trailer for the Ridley Scott Napoleon movie? Yeah, looks kind of cool. I looks like a movie right up my alley. Yeah, me too. So I looked for. I haven't read this one. Um, this is the rise of Napoleon Bonaparte. Ooh. So not his whole life. Uh, by Robert Asprey. Um, it's like Young Napoleon. First volume of two volume Cradle to Grave biography. Uh, da, 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 da. No, yeah. Biography, the first part of Napoleon Bonaparte's life. Born in 1769 in Corsica. Um, I know, I don't know what his like upper. If you think about, and this is just a very, I'm putting it on my stupid hat. There's another Napoleon, correct me if I'm wrong, after Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon Dynamite is a. I don't know. I I just tell you, there's another Napoleon after Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon III. That always, that's confusing me. Nephew? Well, they have a little. I think it's his nephew. Yeah. He was after. Okay. 
But Napoleon is the big guy, the big dog. The big, big guy. Yeah. Ambitious, happened to be young general, maybe lieutenant, I don't know, young officer during the French Revolution, took advantage of the chaos, conquered conquered Europe. You know, went into went, in, went into Russia in winter is a bad idea. Things started going wrong for him. He's in the Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. Yeah. Test character. I listened to that the the Andrew Roberts. Roberts. Andrews. I listened to that on audio a while back. It's pretty good. Okay. Interesting. Be fun to dive into Napoleon. Larger than life character. I saw. I think this is a thing on Twitter. I don't know. You're on the Twitter, but with all the new Walking Phoenix Napoleon stuff, people are like, "What?" you know he's a bad like he was a bad guy and it's like yeah yeah i think the movie will kind of delve into that but maybe it's an interesting like a lot of people 200 years ago so like you can tell a story of a bad guy but a lot of people i mean bad sure sure yeah but you know he was a general during wartime i like that matt i like that Give me another one. Give me another nomination. Like let's other. do, let's do, you know what? Let's do this. In God's Path, the Arab Conquest and the Creation of an Islamic Empire. Oh. I've always kind of wanted to know more about God's Path. The rise, yeah, the rise of Islam. Get this good, yeah. It's a, it a rapid thing. Started in Saudi Arabia. Swept across North Africa. By Spain. Hoyland? No. Yeah. Robert G. Hoyland. Robert G. Hoyland. This is part of a series. Not by the author, but. Oh, yeah. The, the editions. Yeah. Okay. Oxford University Press. I got this as a gift a little bit ago. I haven't gotten around to it. Relatively short. 240 pages. Okay. I like it. Cool thing to know about, I think. Sometimes with uh, nonfiction and history, at least for me, I kind of get into little, need to branch out more. I'm interested in a lot of stuff, but I don't actually get to the the, the wide branch of all these books. So I like, I like the diversity that you're bringing here to the table, Matt. Now, my last two nominations, Matt, okay. these, are my, these are my heavy hitters. Okay. Let's see. Both, both are fiction one i'm gonna leave the one that i think you're gonna to want to read to last but yeah. I, I i don't think you've read the last one but my my third nomination 2004 novel turned into a mini series in 2020 very f- famous author a, an author i don't think i've ever completed one of their works kind of a, a major figure in american literature in the 20th century this is a alternative history novel and that is the plot against america by philip roth Um, it supposes in this alternate history that franklin d roosevelt is defeated in the president presidential election of 1940 by charles Lindbergh, and the (coughs) novel follows um the fortunes of the roth family which i don't know exactly if it's based on his own family um, during the Lindbergh presidency, uh, Lindbergh famously had some prejudices that sort of lined up with the time, anti-Semitic. Um, 
And so this novel kind of reimagines this history where Charles Lindbergh is the president uh, starting in 1940. So that sounds, that sounds like a map book. Sounds like yeah, a new book. That sounds like a U book. Sounds it's a like good combination. I read Philip Roth either. He's a gap. So it'd be good. The gap of mine. I read briefly human stain a hundred pages or so. And yeah. Okay. okay. I see what both you mean. By... We're, we're both coughing. We're not usually up this late. Yeah. We're recording late at night. I mean, it's like, it's nine o'clock. I'm usually in bed by now. Almost 930, man. It's pretty late. What do you, that's, that seems like a strong nomination, though. Pretty strong. Mulling it over. World War II on alternative history. I like it. We'll see what your last one is. It's a little close to 4-H, but, you know. That's true. That's true. It's not, it's not, we'll we'll see. We'll see. All right. I have technically two more. One, I'm, I'll bring it up, but I'm kind of punting. It doesn't fit in thematically, but I have it here. I'll just, it seems like more of a December novel, but like I told you, I'm going to do fiction next month. So I just brought this up. It's called The Battle for Christmas. It's a Pulitzer Prize finalist, I think in the early 2000s. It's just a cultural history of Christmas. Why we do and celebrate the things we do. You know, the Puritans banned Christmas because it's too festive and encourage debauchery and all that so just kind of a social history of christmas i like it it. cool cover with that old man yeah Yeah. you know okay but give me your last one i want to end on my one that i think okay and this would be this is the one if i were going to push for one of mine we should do this i've mentioned the subject on the podcast before i've read this book the subject is probably the most fascinating historical figure I've ever read about. There's not, there's maybe three or four books in English about him. Okay. That's about it. This is called The Poison King, The Life and Legend of Mithridates, Rome's Deadliest Enemy by Adrian Mayer. Hey. Yeah. This, you, yeah. I think you talked with me about this book before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was born in like the 100. 130, 120-something A.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Pontus, which is kind of in Turkey now. Uh, it's crazy. It's just in a, in a in that sort of kingdom, the kingdom of Pontus, everybody poisoned everybody. There was really dangerous to be royalty. There's always some plot to kill you. So his own mother tried to have him killed when he was like 13, 14. And in order to evade that, he ran off to the woods with him and a bunch of his friends and for seven years lived in the woods, learned all about nature, learned how to fight, kind of went through the countryside gathering up support and turned 21, came back, overthrew his mom, became king of Pontus, uh, made himself kind of immune to most poisons by taking small little doses of arsenic and everything else. Uh, to build up his tolerance so you couldn't really he couldn't be poisoned at a dinner or something and then he went to war with rome and beat him a couple times like uh marius sulla all those roman generals were sent out to fight him and he never i mean he obviously didn't defeat the roman empire but he lived to an old age it was just a thorn in rome's side the whole time it's a 
Fascinating was book. a finalist for the 2009 National Book Award in nonfiction. Is winner of the 2010 Gold Medal in Biography Independent Publisher Book Awards. It was one of the Washington Post Critics Holiday Guide's Best Books of 2019. You know I like a good list, Matt. This is the mm-hmm. this has got some this has got some accolades. I, I am I I'm okay. It's fascinating. Like it doesn't sound real. Like and she goes into this in the introduction. It's like it sounds like a fairy tale. Like he was supposedly struck on his on his head by lightning at birth. You know, like just all this stuff. It sounds made up like a fairy tale, but there's lots of like verifiable facts about the guy. Like going off to the woods to live with your friends sounds like something Robin Hood would do, but it, it's like that much is true. And he really did. <clears throat> like you couldn't poison him. He had immunity, oh. arsenic, and it's fascinating stuff. So, all right. My final nominee. That's great. I think that that's very much in the running here. Um, this book came out in 2020. Author's final novel before they died. Um, read a little bit more about it. It seems like it's only fiction because w- one of the main, one of the sort of three or four main characters was made up. So therefore it is fiction. Sure. Um, some of the secondary characters in this book are Philip Larkin, Saul Bellow and Christopher Hitchens. The book I'm talking about is inside story by Martin Amos. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm, Matt. Hmm. Some of the reviews said the the only they didn't understand why it was not a, like a memoir. I guess he was trying to work on this second memoir from the certain part of his life, and he couldn't figure it out. He invents this one character, um, a female character by the name of I have it here. I don't have it here. Phoebe, something I want to say. Anyway, yeah, he meets her. There's yeah, which I think is based on someone else. Um, Sounds like a kind of a bummer of a book, if I'm completely mm-hmm. honest. Um, he reflects on the death of Larkin, Bellow, and Hitchens. Uh, Phoebe Phillips is the uh, fictional character uh, in the book. Um, any thoughts on this book, Matt? Is this a book you've been wanting to read? Did when I- that came out, we were just kind of thinking about starting a podcast. And yes. I read the 100 pages. Liked it. I like Amos, but then we got going and I didn't have time. So I returned. So I've read the first hundred always meant to come back to it. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Interesting thing. You probably with that girl you're talking about, Mm -hmm. you'll see if, and when you read it, we won't talk about it on air because you'll just, you'll see, you'll see. (laughs) It's just like, Oh, okay. I guess we're talking about that. Uh, Okay. But no, I, we have. I've nominated other Amos's before. I think, uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm kind of reading. Okay, maybe I can see why. Okay, um, so that was my. I, here's where here's where I'm landing. I can tell in your voice, even though you're you're getting out over a sickness, you got a lot going on in your life. Um, the most passionate you were of the books. That I just I nominated and that you nominated is clearly for me the Poison King, uh, by Adrian Mayer. It's a it's a book that you've mentioned many times before. But I've read it before. But you've read it before. But yeah. I think, um, 
the fact that you've brought it up multiple times, this this kind of unbelievable character and sort of ancient history, that you want to spread the word of the story to a bunch of people. I, I feel like that's where you, your heart is. Uh, and I kind of want to, you sold me on the, the book sounds fascinating. And so it's not one where I'm like, I'm picking the book because, oh, my friend. To have, to have, it's not a pity. It's not a pity vote because right. I'm seeing the accolades. I'm seeing, okay, okay, this isn't some, it's not going to cost me 80 bucks on Amazon to find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a widely published book. How are you feeling about the Poison King? Do you want to revisit it? It's a kind of a, does it have aspects of, um, it's not boring history, right? We're not, we're dealing with. Oh, it's, no, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Okay. It's fascinating. It could be a two-parter. There's a lot, a lot to delve into. Um, any of my other ones sound like. Plot Against America, an inside story. Both be good. We have a very busy TBR. We do have a lot. Yeah. Can't add two. No. <laughs> Would have been a good month to nominate Wolf Hall. If we're doing historical fiction. True. So I want to read that too. That, that's, not, that's a gap. I, I brought that up. Yeah. Hmm. That's- it's between Inside Story. If the poison is the poison king, I don't want it to be a pity thing. No, no, no. It's not a pity thing. It's we have delved into ancient history uh, on this it podcast is before. Um, and I think I think this is the first time that it's not sort of the original text, right? Because we've been doing well. No, um, this is easier reading than Xenophon. Xenophon, or what I'm thinking of, I Claudius is not like from that time period, but um, it's like that's historical fiction. Yeah. One, but one of the issues, sort of, is the amount of characters and names, and sort of in these stories, can be a little hard to track. I feel like this book, hopefully, you've read it, will be a little bit it's good. <laughs> no, it's good. On one main character, um, for the most part, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mithridates. Mithridates. The sixth. The sixth. Yeah. Should we head back in time, Matt? 2,000 years. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Do it. November. Nonfiction yeah. November. Matt. Matt's coming around. Mm-hmm. He's not a wet blanket. We're, pick, we're picking a uh, history book here uh, for November, and that is The Poison King by Adrian Mayer. Of course I'm not a wet blanket. <laughs> you know um all right add that to the tbr um glad glad to be recording with you matt yeah need another it one only, it only took a week off it's not i know bad. it's not yeah. miss talking yeah. to you miss talking books yeah. um like you mentioned we will have bird done at some point soon uh we are reading a, a handful of books um we have audio you have some of these books on audio? I know you're a busy guy, so I don't want to... Doing, no, I'm doing the Storian on audio. Got it. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. Thir- Rest I'm doing. Oh, I have 13 on audio. 13? Yeah. If you're not familiar, that's our 
thriller book over on our thriller book club that we have going on over on our Patreon. So uh, you can support us over there for a few bucks a month and get extra content over there. Uh, we love talking to people. I write this little article every month about the library books I've read, been reading. Uh, I took a, a, a suggestion from some of our patrons. I read that book um, in November. Uh, a book I, I've, I like quite a bit, actually. The Bookbinder by Pip Williams. Kind of a historical fiction popular book. Uh, but we also do a, a episodes over there. Uh, Thriller Corners, uh, a very fun thing. 13 is our latest selection which is a book that's very fun and, and very much fits the uh, legal thriller that we were aiming for. Um, yeah, so am I forgetting anything, Matt? Wrapping this up. No, oh, just the, the hundreds of books we have on our TBR. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get to them. We'll get to them eventually. Um, Matt, it's been fun. Drink some tea. Yeah. Hang out with family. Try to fit in some some reading time. Yeah, no, I'll get I'll get. No, no, I'm gonna try to have to get up early. No, no, no. Early to get all this reading in. You got to try to figure out how to turn off my computer without the mouse too. Uh, great hodgepodge episode this week. Uh, we will be back with you to talk more books. Thanks for listening. Bye.